1: Jake
0: Crumpler.
1: What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend. So, as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball related from Saturday, April 29th, kicking it off, as always, with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league the sour note as we always start with is the il placements and we had a big one with jacob Degrom, a pitcher for the rangers being placed on the 15 day il with right elbow inflammation it's not a good sign that's the probably the biggest indicator of future tommy john surgery but we've all got our fingers crossed that he can return as soon as possible and that it doesn't end up requiring surgery Elsewhere, reliever Brandon Hughes of the Cubs was placed on the 15-day IL with left knee inflammation. He missed the first two weeks of the season and is now quickly back on the IL after a short stint in the majors. That bullpen is now bereft of left-handed pitchers. Michael Fulmer and Brad Boxberger and even Edward Alzale or Mark Leiter Jr. should see more save chances, but Brandon Hughes might be due for an extended stay now that he's been unable to stay healthy. Caleb Killian, a starter, was recalled to make his season debut for the Cubs, and he struggled to seven earn runs across 10 outs. So, not a good first impression to stay in the rotation for an extended period of time. Another reliever that landed on the IL was Jose Cajada for the Angels as he landed on the 15-day IL with left elbow soreness. It seemed like he was taking over the closer role for a couple of weeks, but he slowly lost control of it. And now Carlos Estevez should have all of the saves to himself now as his stock continues to rise. The last IL placement was somewhat minor one. Outfielder Kerry Carpenter of the Tigers was placed on the 10-day IL with a right shoulder sprain. He was one of the few serviceable hitters in Detroit, so the team will pray for a quick return as they could use all the offense they can get. In terms of transactions, outfielder Randall Grichuk was activated from the 15-day IL. He had missed almost all of the season's first month recovering from bilateral hernia surgery. And indications are as of now, that he will platoon with Jerks and Profar in left, but it's hard to tell because this could have just been a case of Profar needing a day off the first day Grichuk was back and that they just happened to face a lefty, so that's something to watch to see if Gritchuk will get every day at bats. They do sort of need a center fielder right now. Gavin Stone, a starter for the Dodgers, is expected to be promoted to start on Wednesday. He had a 4.74 ERA and six starts at AAA this year, but he pitched to a 1.48 ERA with a 34% strikeout rate and 121 in two-thirds innings between high A, A, AA, and A in 2022. So he's definitely one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. Lastly, outfielder Ramon Laureano of the A's was activated from the 10-day IL. He will return and will continue to provide power and speed in a weak Oakland lineup. While he did strain his left groin, he immediately showed that his arm was completely fine with a great throw to... Catch a tagging runner going from second to third. Definitely worth the watch. And now for the news outfielder Julio Rodriguez left the game with back discomfort. So that'll be something to watch. He's currently day to day. Outfielder Aaron Judge of the Yankees has a strain at the top of his hip. The Yankees will wait a couple of days to see if he can improve and avoid an IL stint, but the final decision will come on Monday. Lastly, infielder Aled mestias of the A's is likely to be placed on the 10 day IL with a left hamstring injury. Now it's time to look at the notable performances from around the league on Saturday as we saw 16 games. We had two doubleheaders, one between the Tigers and the Orioles and another between the Pirates and the Nationals, but we had a postponement between the Braves and the Mets it's really postponement time right now across baseball and we also had the Giants and Padres take part in the Mexico series the first game of that series we'll kick it off with the notable performances from our hitters leading off with Manny Machado in Mexico who helped the Padres take down the Giants in a big win 16 to 11 super high scoring like I predicted it's a hitter's ballpark there 11 home runs were hit in that game it was really a home run derby Machado had a great game going through three for four scoring four times belting two home runs and a double knocking in three runs walking twice and stealing to complete the combo meal his home run went a whopping 442 feet and it's a good sign to see him bounce back as he had been off to a dreadful start that one game in Mexico boosted his OPS over 100 points however it's still under 700 so he's got a ways to go to get back to his former MVP finalist levels. Speaking of which, he was an MVP finalist last year, and he's on pace to be a Hall of Famer, so it's not the time to panic about Machado's slow start. Give him some time to warm up. He will get back on track. Elsewhere in that game, Nelson Cruz had a big game, going five for six, scoring once, hitting a home run, knocking in four runs, and stealing a surprise base. His home run also went 442 feet, and that's a big game from the 42-year-old with the surprise steal. He's always good for at least a couple of those every single year. He's now up to three home runs on the year and is batting over 300. I think he's a great streaming option when the Padres are facing a left handed starter. Lastly, Jack Suwinski against the Nationals in the double header, went three for six, scoring once, hitting a home run and a double while knocking in five runs. His home run went 444 feet and left the bat at 114 miles per hour, which is a new max exit velocity for the lefty. Swinski didn't start the first game of the double header, but he made up for it in the second one. Swinski is looking like a solid power speed producer this year as he's got six home runs and five steals. He's never been a base stealer in the minors, but he does have a 90th percentile sprint speed. So so he may finally be tapping into that speed. The power is for real, for sure, as he's got double-digit barrels already on the season, but the strikeouts have always been the big concern, holding him back, cutting down on his production in the average department, but he's reduced his strikeout percentage by more than 3% and is walking more than ever, so this might be the real breakout season for Jack Sawinski in Pittsburgh. Rafael Devers also hit a home run. He's up to 10 now, and he's got control of the American League lead. Saturday was a big day for offense, so if you want more on all the huge performances from around the league make sure to go check out the daily batter's box article over on pitcherlist.com now we'll head to the mound look at the big starting pitching performances from around the league kicking it off with nathan eel versus the yankees tossing a complete game shutout for the dub he had eight strikeouts and allowed just three hits racking up 13 whiffs with a 29 percent csw across 113 pitches he can have his moments like this where all of his pitches come together to create a masterpiece it was also good to see his fastball back to normal sitting 97 this is a guy that really relies on his velocity The Rangers will need him to step up now with DeGrom out, but his first start as the team's number one starting pitcher will be next Saturday as he's taking on the Angels. Kevin Gaussman had a huge game against the Mariners, tossing seven innings with six hits, no earned runs, one walk, and 13 punchouts. He unfortunately had a no decision, but he made up for it with 29 whiffs and a 41% CSW, which is good for the golden goal. He led baseball in whiffs during the Gallows Poll and led baseball in CSW to earn the King Cole. He had increased velocity across his whole repertoire, though he mostly stuck with the fastball and splitter. The splitter was invisible. Batters could not see it. He had 20 whiffs on the pitch with a 50% CSW, and that is clearly the best and most consistent splitter in all of baseball, a pitch that is often very inconsistent. So far, it's looking like Gaussman is having a much better Babbitt luck than last year. So if he can maintain that as well as the velocity he showed in this start, going into his next start in Boston, he should continue to cruise. Going opposite him was Easton McGee as he was making his season debut for the Mariners. He took the no decision, but he tossed six and two thirds, allowing just one hit with no one runs, one walk, and two strikeouts. He had seven whiffs and a 27% CSW. Pitching into the seventh with just 64 pitches. He was seven outs away from a no-no before, allowing a double to Matt Chapman. This was just the second appearance of his career, and it was his first start in the majors, but I think this was just a case of a lack of familiarity for the Blue Jays and a lot of Babbitt luck as all of his outs, except for two were recorded in the field. The sinker did most of the work, and it was a called strike sinker, which we know is not really something that carries over from start to start. He garnered eight called strikes with the sinker while it racked up 50% CSW. It looks like he's replacing Robbie Ray in the rotation, but I don't think he's someone to chase He had a 5-4 4-3 ERA with a 17% strikeout rate at AAA in 2022, but we had tons of great starting pitching performances on Saturday. We had so many guys with 15 plus whiffs, 10 plus strikeouts, or five plus shutout innings on Saturday. I'll run through those. Kershaw tossed seven shutout innings with nine strikeouts with 19 whiffs and a 36% CSW. Zach Wheeler tossed six innings of shutout baseball with 14 whiffs. Vince Velasquez tossed six innings of his own of shutout baseball with 11 whiffs. Hunter Green tossed five shutout innings and struck out 10 batters with 24 whiffs and a 33% CSW barely overshadowed in the whiff department by Kevin Gaussman. Grayson Rodriguez tossed five shutout innings and struck out nine. Corbin Burns tossed six innings of one and run ball and had 15 whiffs. Edward Cabrera Keeps doing his thing. Five innings of two and run ball, walking five but striking out twelve with eighteen whiffs and a thirty-six percent CSW. Lance Lynn got unlucky, allowed just five base runners across six and a third, but allowed four earned runs while striking out ten and inducing nineteen whiffs. The last two, Matt Boyd allowed six earned runs across five and two thirds, but he racked up sixteen whiffs. And Chad Cool also racked up sixteen whiffs, allowing eight earned runs across three and two thirds. So that was definitely some bad luck there. But if you'd like a rundown on all of those amazing starting pitcher performances, make sure to give a listen to the Plus Pitch podcast and check out Nick's daily starting pitching roundup over on pitcherlist.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and check out the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. In terms of saves, Nick Martinez got a save for the Padres. They won by five, but he pitched two innings while the game was still close. Alexis Diaz got a save for the Reds. Alex Lang got a save in the doubleheader. Felix Bautista got a save in the other half of the doubleheader, David. Bednar tied for the Major League Lead with his ninth save. Scott Barlow got a save and still seems to be the closer. Tanner Scott got a save as AJ Puck was resting. Devin Williams got another save, and Bruce Dar Gratterall got one save as well. Now the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. Yuri's Familia blew his save. Joan Duran blew a save as well. Jordan Romano pitched in a tie ball game as well as Paul Sewald and Emmanuel Classe got unlucky, allowing an unearned run to score, and Kenley Jansen blew a save as well but if you'd like a deep dive on all of the bullpens from around the league make sure to check out the daily reliever ranks article with today's edition being written by yours truly before we look forward to today we're going to take a quick break
0: when it comes to weight management we tend to put our focus on what we eat but noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat and that's a game changer noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: Now we'll send it over to the wonderful Mark Paquette with the weather. Thanks, Jake. Well, I wish I had some better news today, but we have the same old repeating pattern here. Rain will be up and down the Atlantic coast, and the three games that are going to be most impacted are the Red Sox at the home game, the Mets, and the Nationals. All three of these games very easily could be postponed, um, but the good news is these are the only games with any problems. So, back to you. Thanks, Mark. Now, looking forward to Sunday, April 30th, we'll have 15 games on the schedule. We'll kick it off with our probable starters, and I like to give my matchup of the day. I'll be watching Logan Allen take on Chris Sale of the Red Sox. Allen had a great major league debut, and Chris Sale is one of the best pitchers of our generation. The auto start tier in terms of probable starters has six guys in it, including Drew Rasmussen at Chicago White Sox, sending Gray versus the Royals, and Nick Lodolo hoping to bounce back in Oakland. Our probably start tier has eight guys, and that's where we'll find our streamer of of the day. Kyle Bradish he takes on the Tigers, one of the weaker lineups in baseball. And I'll also be keeping an eye on Johan Oviedo taking on Josiah Gray. Both of those guys have pretty solid matchups as neither offense is super scary and both of them have been very interesting thus far and they could definitely rack up some strikeouts. In terms of hitter suggestions, I would suggest going and grabbing some Diamondbacks and Rockies hitters as they're playing in the most friendly ballpark in Coors. But the only one that can top Coors is the Park in Mexico, where the Giants and Padres hitters will be playing, and I'm expecting another home run derby on Sunday. Finally, we'll close things out with our relievers to watch. Felix Bautista has pitched in three of the past four days, so I think Yenye Cano could be the guy called upon in the ninth, and he's secretly one of the quietest breakout relievers in baseball. Jordan Romano has gone consecutive days for the Blue Jays, but so has setup man Eric Swanson. So I think Yimi Garcia could get the call. Emmanuel Classé has appeared in back-to-back games, so James Karinchak may get a save today, and finally. Kevin Williams has pitched each of the past two days, but so has set up guy Peter Shrezlecki. So it could be Joel Piams in the ninth today, but that'll do it for today's episode of the first pitch podcast. Make sure to head on over to pitcherless.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the discord, to interact with pitcherless staff and members of the community, and to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. That'll I'll wrap up this edition of the podcast you can follow me on twitter at jake crumpler tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball